so have you been an iron supporter all your life then yeah pretty much as long as i can remember uh, i've supported scunton united um i went to the 1999 um, playoff final at the old wembley um against Leighton orient uh with my dad on a coach all the way down to london from um from scunthorpe um and obviously we uh we we won with a, a cowboy say header uh, against Leighton orient i don't remember that much about it i'm gonna be honest um i was about what nine so 10 11 something like that um so you know but I, I can imagine i probably went to a few games before that um but it's a bit of a blur but yeah i've, I've been a, an iron fan for for plenty of time i should say yeah that was that was the one that kind of sealed it for you it often is isn't it you know a big a cup tie or something like that is often the thing that kind of weds you to a club yeah that's right that's right yeah it was uh it's one of those things isn't it, it, it Takes me back to a quote by, um, I think it was Bobby Robson, um, quite a famous quote um, about, you know, when you first walk up the steps of a football stadium, uh, you kind of fall in love and there's nothing you can do about it. Sure. So how long how long's the Iron Brew podcast been a thing then? Uh, I think we've been going for about, I think it's about around five years, probably just a bit longer than five years. Um, and as you can imagine in that time, it's there's essentially been the, the majority of the decline of the club, really. Um, we've not really seen many good times. Um, there's, there's been a few um, good moments, good results and, and, and things like that. But it's, it's, it's for the most part, been, been pretty, pretty negative. Sure. And was it the fact that that times weren't good that were, were the prompt for it really that that you felt that there was somewhere where these things needed to be aired um yeah i think so really there was no there was never any real kind of fan run podcast or a kind of a, a, a similar platform obviously the, the actual Brew website itself has been been around for years and years and there's been a forum on there as long as i can remember um uh, but for an actual podcast itself, um, there was none of it. We had a, an idea, thought, well, we'll give it a go, uh, me and, and, and a guy called Matt Blanchard, um, who who looks after the Ambrew website. Um, and we started it with with a chap called Brad Mel, um, who's since had to, to, to sort of uh, pause his tenure as, as the host of the podcast and pass it to me just because he's got too many uh, work commitments at the moment. But that's kind of where it came from. So. You said about Scunthorpe and the situation that they're in. This sort of, it's been a long time coming, this, hasn't it? The club's had a a feel of, um, dare I say, decline about it. I'm mean, trying not to be unkind, but I, I think that's probably true to say, isn't it? No, no, you, you, you're correct. Um, and we kind of had a, when, when Peter Swan bought the club about, what, about like nine years ago or so now, um, and we had a, a kind of a good initial sort of honeymoon period with, with, with the chairman. He he put a lot of money into the club and, and he brought some absolutely fantastic players in. And we were definitely overspending, but I think we were overspending uh, with the goal of getting promoted back to the championship because we were kind of flirting with that for a couple of seasons. We were sort of top of league, league one for quite a long time. Um, scoring so absolutely loads of goals, playing unbelievable football under Graham Alexander. Um, we had some fantastic players at that time: Kevin Van Veen, Josh Morris, uh, Stephen Dawson, um, and, and plenty of others. Um, and yeah, since then, and and then we came to a point where we didn't go up, and then we we kind of failed at the playoff hurdle, or the the semi final playoff hurdle, and, and against Millwall, and and it sort of went downhill from there. There was kind of a dispute, a dispute with players' contracts, um, and that didn't help, and we 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 didn't manage to make it. And then you know, in a roundabout way, uh, Peter Swan eventually started to withdraw funding. Um, didn't leave the club to die like David Hilton has in the past few days, um, but um, he kind of withdrew 
um, the sort of funding for, for for kind of higher level players and things like that. And then the decline sort of started from there, really, and we never really managed to stop it. Yeah, it's it can often be the case. I think that you know you you can be just on the cusp of something like you say a uh, playoffs or whatever, and you, and you don't quite make it, and then it starts to unravel because it it that was almost your your time, and you needed to take advantage of that. And and when that doesn't happen, that can sometimes be what precipitates these things. Um, so obviously you 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 had the uh, people fell out of love with Peter Swan, should we say, as the owner, and then you know that you were looking around. Or, or or seeking a, a knight in shining armour, uh, and David Hilton appeared on the scene earlier in the year. So, what were your initial thoughts when that happened? Yeah, that, that, that's pretty much what happened. We we wanted somebody to come on and and take the reins, clear the debts, and and point us in the right direction. And I think we we thought that that's what we got with uh, with Mister Hilton, and and he came in and. Uh, he said to Mr. Swan, you know, I've, I've got three million quid to buy the ground, which was the price tag. Um, and then he he, he purchased the, the club for three pounds, which were the existing shareholders, which were the Swan family, I believe. Um, and yeah, the, the sort of promises never really materialised. He, he invested heavily um, in, in a good squad this season um, and and we've got good players we've been playing good football we, we have been top of the league we're not at the minute um so yeah he came in and, and we kind of thought that's what that's what we were going to get um but he, he very he, there was some very small suspicions just because he kind of came out of absolutely nowhere uh most of the the discussions we were aware of with it was with a, with a local consortium um including simon elliott former board member of scumfort united and a guy called ian Sharp from scumfort um done quite well for himself i think he's produced a disney film and stuff like that so um yeah like and and we thought that's what was happening but then kind of uh hilton came out of nowhere and said i've got three mil i'll buy it and then swan just went through and it went so fast um and it just unfortunately turned out to be another uh you know questionable character who's taken over the club if you like Mm, sure Uh, am i right in thinking when you said they bought the club did he is he by the club and not the ground? Because there's some argument, and I'm, I've not got to the bottom of this, over who actually owns Lanford Park at the moment. Yeah, there's some confusion. It's quite understandable, really, for somebody looking in from the outside because it is a mess. Um, essentially, the agreement was that he would buy the club and he's got the club for three quid. And then as part of that deal, he would buy the ground in the subsequent weeks, um, but he never did buy the ground. So at the minute, Lanford Park and the surrounding land um, is owned by Cool Silk, which is Peter Swan's uh, parent holding company, if you like. Sure. Okay. Right. That 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 makes sense of that for me. Okay, I've got that. Um, now I know one of the things that kind of felt like a bit of a red flag to me, and you be able to say whether you think it was the same thing. It was you had an issue around the training ground not long after taking place where the club were going to be moving training to Ilkeston, which was his former club. And there was some um, unhappiness, unhappiness expressed about that. And that, that didn't happen in the end, did it? Yeah, that's absolutely right. He, he said, <clears throat> due to different reasons, and because the the, the, the quality of the training facilities at, at Scunthorpe is, isn't the best. Um, and he, he said that to be able to uh, give the players the best chance and stuff like that, he said we're going to move to Ilkeston because um, there's a lot of good training facilities there that he helped build when he was the chairman of Ilkeston and there was like a really good 4G pitch and stuff like that. And obviously, you know, it, at this level, Scunthorpe would would be playing on 4G pitches so that that seems advantageous. Um, but yeah, it was that. It was we're going to move the train away and then we were going to move a lot of the operational side to Ilkeston as well, which was kind of the back office staff and stuff like that and Glanford Park was not going to be open 
apart from a match uh, match day. So uh, yeah, that kind of rang alarm bells, um, and a lot of fans were a bit concerned about that. And this is still relatively early in in in, um, in Hilton's tenure when people were very much on board with him. Um, and at that point, the the first real red flags raised is like, wait a minute, he's, he's moving the club to Ilkston. Wait a minute, that's not right in any way. Do you know what I mean? So. People were very concerned, and then he did a U-turn on that and said, "Actually, we're not doing this anymore." Probably because he got such a kind of a backlash. Now, it was the um, article in the Athletic that was published a few weeks ago. I think was what really put the cat amongst the pigeons um, in the piece of work done by I think Matt Slater, certainly one of the journalists who is a South End United fan. Obviously, he's been through something similar, seeing his own club. Um, what were your initial thoughts when that came out? Because the, the fan base seemed very divided. There were there were some who were seen very much behind Hilton and felt that the Athletic were, you know, muck raking to a certain extent, and there were others who felt that it was legitimate. Yeah, um, there was a there was a, there was a growing divide between fans before the Athletic article came out, where people who were in my camp. Uh, in a lot of the camp where we were just questioning Hill and just questioning some of the decisions and we weren't sure about, do you know what I mean? Which is, as a Scunthorpe fan, you know, you pay to go to game, but it's your right to be able to question what the club's doing, it, obviously in a civilised way, which we were which we were um, certainly doing. Um, and then uh, that divide became greater after the, the Athletic article came out because, you know, uh, you, you know the Athletics is, is a pretty big name. Um, you know, it's a serious journalism house. They've got some resources. They've got some very, very talented journalists. And it, some people saw it as a bit of a character assassination. But I th- and, and, and Hilton's argument was that it wasn't in the public interest for his past to be kind of dredged up and and, and kind of... Uh, displayed for everybody to see, but I think it, it's it's a difficult argument. I think in in some respects, I, I understand Hilton's argument from that, but I also think that fans have a right to know the kind of person who's running their football club. You know, it's a community asset, and obviously, we're aware of the South End situation, look what happened to Berry and stuff like that. We were worried about this, so I think it's it's with, within kind of fans' rights to to know this kind of stuff, and and I think he came clean to a certain extent after that because he couldn't hide it anymore. Um, and obviously he's had four different names and all this kind of stuff. It it rings alarm bells, doesn't it, in everybody's head, and and, and rightly so. Yeah, I know he said that he he had some awareness of the article before it was published. Um, you know, it, it wasn't like the first that he he, he was aware of it. But, uh, yeah, and that, and that sort of like started the... Well, the the storm clouds really started to rain uh, to to roll in then. Funnily enough, around about the same time as that game with Buxton, where the the storm clouds really genuinely did roll in. So you just don't seem to catch a break in any kind of way at the moment. You know, with whether it be weather, whether it be finances, it's it. But I sense that there is a there is a group, or or it seems even stronger now, probably with the result of the the appeal that you've uh, and the crowdfunder that you've done lately. In that you've really pulled the Scunthorpe fans together, I think. Yeah, I think I think you're right. Um, we we definitely have uh, not just Scunthorpe fans, the wider football community. Um, it, it's been an unbelievable. Um, uh, it's been an unbelievable week. At the start of the week, I found out that I was banned from the club. So did two other fans. 
and the uh, for no reason whatsoever uh, let, let, let's let's make that clear it was complete nonsense um we got a huge outpouring of support for that so we became visible in the wider space in terms of the questions about um you know kind of the the tests for owners coming in that kind of wider conversation which you know is pretty big at the minute anyway um so we kind of we we kind of we came into that information stream and we, we went quite quite viral. I think the original post from um, from the Iron Brew Twitter page with a picture of um, Matt, Matt Blanchard's banner, who's the guy who does the podcast with me, um, has got over five point six million views and stuff like that. So it absolutely exploded, um, and. It, it backfired in a serious way on, on Hilton. Um, and, and then obviously we've been able to kind of use that publicity to then move forward and say, look, we're doing a fund ready because essentially, essentially Hilton's done a runner. He's not play, paying anybody at the club. So uh, we've had to step in to do that. I, I said that, you know, you'd had a tumultuous week. I mean, it started with the, the you being banned. I think there was talk about uh, perhaps some uh, a winding up order that hadn't been known of that that was that was swimming around as well um then came a statement about the club moving home games to to Gainsborough Trinity this came at the same time as Mr Hilton saying about yeah. he wasn't going to put any more funding in again that was mired in confusion because Gainsborough I wouldn't say didn't know anything about it but certainly it's at the very least it didn't seem as advanced as 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 them knowing the full detail of it either yeah, I think there was some confusion there because they tweeted quite soon after the statement from Scunthorpe came out saying that they weren't aware. I mean, they, I think they weren't aware of the stages of it. I think they reformulated that response and I think that that's probably been uh, cleared up now, uh, which is good. Uh, well, it isn't, it isn't. We don't really want to have to go to Gainsborough. Um, it, it, it's, and, and I think that point we're saying, it, that in black and white, we are moving to Gainsborough, moving away from the spiritual home of the football club is when people start to really, really get concerned. And then I think that is the point that a lot of scales fell from the eyes of some Scumfuck fans who were still supportive of Hilton and, and realised actually he's killing the club. The Brackley game on, on Saturday uh, is billed as the last game at Glamford Park. Um I know now uh, reliably that there's a lot of work going on behind the scenes to save its place at Glanford Park. So we can only hope that something changes before we need to move, um, move, move away. I mean, my final question was, I mean, ultimately, how do you see this playing out? Do you think there is a, a, a good resolution for Scunthorpe out of this possible? I think that there's a resolution to be had. Everybody wants there to be a resolution. Matt? Thank you very much for your time. That's been really good summary of the situation there, and and, and good to be talking to somebody who's you know been so um, heavily involved in it this week. I mean, the th- I think the fact that you you know you turned the the, the fact that you you got the stadium ban into something positive, um, you know, is 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 terrific. You know, and it's the kind of positivity that that's come up United need and 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 if people have kind of rallied almost behind you and 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 those fellow people who've been banned um then ultimately you know i, I we all want scunthorpe to survive <laughs>